Real Presence Live. It's this really powerful sense of, okay, you're seen, you're known, you're missed if you're not here. Local. It's that good crop of corn or beans or wheat or whatever it is that you do that, you know, you grow it, you grow it to the Lord, and if it doesn't come about, you just have to be patient and say, well, there's always next year. Engaging. Evangelization is the fruit of the love of God being poured into the hearts of Jesus' friends. Live. This is our charism, to be witnesses of Jesus' real presence in the Eucharist. Good morning. Welcome to Real Presence Live. My name is Father Tim Smith. And I'm Thomas Escrow. And we are here this morning at Sacred Heart Church in Aberdeen in the center of the Real Presence radio listening area in the upper Midwest. We're feeling the power of the Holy Spirit as we're gathered together as members of God's Holy Church in the body of Christ. And most especially, brothers and sisters, we give God thanks for another beautiful day this summer. Thomas, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, Father. How's your weekend? I'm doing great. It was filled with uh, God's blessings and, and just seeing what God is doing in, in our parish and in our family all around the listening area. Uh, we have a great show this morning. Are you excited? I'm excited. You know what's kind of crazy? We might be the first duo pair, hosting pair, that has met about three minutes before the start of the show. I got stuck behind some agricultural equipment on the roadway. <laughs> so I was I made it just in the nick of time. But that's what we can expect because it's just beginning to be harvest season here in the upper Midwest, our listening area. And, of course, many of our listeners are familiar with being stuck behind a sprayer or an, a nice uh, big tractor or something on our, on our roadways here, whether in North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota. Um, it's that time of year. And so I give God thanks for all those things. Thomas, let's start the show today with a prayer. Let's do it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Father in heaven, we give you thanks for all the blessings you bestow upon us, and most especially on our Real Presence radio listening family. We pray for all those who tune in today's show. We pray for our guest. We pray for all those who are witnesses to the gospel in the world today. And most especially, Lord, we ask that you would bless us as we go forth this week. And we ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Aaron, if you're up with us in Fargo, if you want to give us a preview of today's show. I would be happy to. We've got a great lineup today. The starting of our show, we're going to have Sister Mary Pieta. She actually is from Fargo. She's uh, my sister, who is actually a sister <laughs> in New York, but she's sister, here in sister. town. Yeah. She's here in town to uh, to visit some family here, and we look forward to a, a great story behind her, uh, how she found her way to the Sisters of Life in New York. We'll also have Father Smith here for Straight Talk. In the second hour, we'll have Jan Federal to talk about the taste of goodness. We'll take the 10-minute tour of our local events. Dr. Matthew Stanley will be here to talk about finding peace during the stressful seasons of farm life. And Dr. Deborah Savage of the Diocese of St. Paul, Minneapolis, will talk about the symposium coming up, The Gift of Masculinity in the Home, the Church, and the World. We'll unpack so much more here right on Real Presence Live. Right back to you guys. Thanks, Aaron, for the preview of today's show. And Thomas, I'm just excited to hear about all these 
great things that are happening in the upper Midwest as we're ramping up to the beginning of the school year. I know a lot of our families are, some parents are looking forward to sending their kids back to school and, and kids are really starting to mourn this last <laughs> week of, of freedom. Yeah. You know, what's that look like in your household, Thomas? You know, my, my oldest daughter is five years old. Okay. So she's starting kindergarten here this fall, but we're doing it at home. My wife um, kind of fell in love with Montessori education. And so we do Montessori homeschooling ourselves. So we did a little bit last year, and then she's charging in strong um, coming this year. So they're pretty excited to get going. You can feel it in the air around. Doesn't it seem like it's only August, the beginning of August, but the summer almost feels like it's over. Everyone has got this preparation. Here at the parish, I'm the director of evangelization and discipleship at Sacred Heart. We're gearing up for our faith formation year. We're getting registrations and plans put in place, catechists trained, I mean, it's a busy time of year, but it's it's a very grace time of year. And Thomas, what a beautiful uh, testimony to, this is a time of year too, where our parishes and our listeners, you might be asked by your parish priest to prayerfully consider volunteering in your parish in the religious education program, to be a catechist. Many of our parishes, this is a time of year where we're preparing to uh, come together as a parish community to commit ourselves to not just reading, writing, and arithmetic, but also religion, to learn our faith, to pass on what has been given to us, as St. Paul has said so freely. And of course, there's great uh, modes of catechesis and teaching the faith in our parishes. In my own parish, in Holy Cross in Ipswich, we do catechesis of the Good Shepherd, which is a Montessori way of teaching the faith, a real tangible way for our uh, pre-K kids to mm-hmm. really grasp and understand the teachings of the faith. And I'm sure your, your wife as well is using some of those methods of education in your family to pass on the faith. Yeah, we're blessed to have Catechesis of the Good Shepherd here at Sacred Heart as well. And Katie, my wife, and I just got trained this summer. We were blessed to go and get level one trained um, for CGS, Catechesis of the Good Shepherd. And we're excited to be in the atrium with the, the young children and um, to hit the ground running this year. We'll stay tuned to Real Presence Live in future episodes and weeks down the line. We'll probably maybe even have some of those catechists and teachers give a testimony to the work that they're doing and passing on the faith right here in our listening area. And the fruit of good catechesis, the fruit of passing on the faith to our children, is the gift of responding to God's call in a vocation. And this morning, we're blessed to have on air with us Aaron's sister, Aaron up in Fargo, our, our production manager here, Sister Mary Pieta. Sister, are you with us? I am indeed. Welcome, and thank you for joining us on Real Presence Live. How are you this morning? Doing great. It's a joy to be with you all. I'm so glad to be, to be sharing the gift that is religious life with you. Sister, I do not want to just refer to you as our production manager's sister. <laughs> Let us know about yourself. You know, who are you? Where are you from? Well, um, I'm originally from Fargo. I um, grew up here. I actually graduated from Shanley here in Fargo. Um, I went to Minnesota State University, Moorhead, and went to school, believe it or not, for speech language hearing science. And um, I became a missionary with Focus years uh, for a few years, and now I've been in uh, with the Sisters of Life uh, for about eight years now, and currently am living in Manhattan, New York, right in the thick of it all, um, and have been living there for about three years. 
And That's great. Yeah, I'm the oldest of seven kids. The number two, number three being my brother, who's here in the station. So. Wow, <laughs> little brother. That's little brother puts everything in perspective. Absolutely. Then, so. <laughs> so. Sister, can you can you tell us more about the Sisters of Life for those who maybe haven't heard of the order? Yeah. So um, we're a Catholic religious sisters uh, who believe that every person is good, unique, valuable, and unrepeatable. You know, and in a day and age where it seems so easy to forget that, um, it's just so important for people to have that known. Um, so we accompany we accompany women um, in many ways who find themselves struggling with pregnancies and um, helping them to experience their own goodness and to help them move forward in freedom and not fear. So one of the one of the places that I, that I live is the is our Sacred Heart Mission, where we've met with we've met with women who have been vulnerable to uh, vulnerable to abortion and have come to this new understanding of the gift of life within them, and they actually live with us there, uh, which is actually a great gift up until oh. about six months or so after their babies are born. And we also have a retreat mission for those who um, work. Uh, in out in the world to bring them in and just kind of give them that again it's just like accompanying them to rediscover the their beauty their value their uniqueness and to start to live it every day and uh, we also see women who have suffered from the effects of abortion and mm. so again it's it's the accompaniment with them um, and so it's just helping them to see that that need of, of hope and healing and receive God's mercy and freedom in Jesus so uh, what an incredible order what an incredible calling yeah. that you guys are fulfilling in the middle of Manhattan you know you spoke about being a focused missionary I remember going to a focus conference and having a sister of life give one of the talks oh sure yeah and the talk just blew me away <laughs> it was just this incredible testimony and she had all these stories of all these women that she's accompanied and helped through mm. their pregnancies and it was just it was astounding it really moved me so mm. I'm very grateful for the sisters of life and the and the witness that you guys are giving in the world today it's it's incredibly needed praise god <laughs> sister when we there's sharing your life and how jesus has invited you to be a bride of christ to follow him into consecrated life when did you first have that experience in your life of faith that god was calling you to this particular vocation the first, you know, the first inklings towards religious life, I remember feeling in my heart somewhere around seventh grade when I met a religious sister that was like in habit and just had this joyful appearance. It was, like, it shocked me and moved me and um, kind of scared me actually. So it wasn't yeah. until years later, actually, when I was a, when I was a missionary, actually with focus, that I um, encountered uh, our sisters, the Sisters of Life at a summer training and saw something in in one of the sisters I encountered of a consecrated heart. Actually she wasn't even she wasn't even she hadn't even professed vows yet, but just was so in love with Jesus and knew her love was meant to be set aside, particularly for Jesus as a bride it, it, to Christ. So um, but it was after it was after college years and really when that when that grace kind of opened in my own heart of like finally having this new openness to religious life. So, uh, yeah, kind of where Sister it started. <laughs> and then within the call to this deeper uh, personal relationship with Jesus in your vocation, being espoused to him to live as a sign 
of God's relationship with all humanity, an eschatological sign, a sign that you are to live for heaven right here on earth. Mm. How, how did you know you were called to be involved in the pro-life movement within that call that maybe a particular we sometimes talk about here on real presence live charisms uh, and every uh, religious community or congregation at times has a particular charism and you've you've described beautifully how the sisters of life are powerful witnesses and working for the dignity of human life Mm -hmm. how did that experience come out sister in this call Mm -hmm. you know there was a few a few moments i remember you just really experiencing that there was at one point where i was actually at that at that point i had already kind of like determined all right you know in my own heart god has called me to religious life where do i even start with this and i remember sitting in when i was a missionary i was one i was a missionary in georgia and um just remember kneeling in front of our lord and was like jesus where do i start all of these things that I had known of the sisters came to my own heart. A, you know, a love for family life, a love for the theology of the body, a love for um, life at its very beginning. I remember encountering even the sisters with the way that they approach women in a way of reverencing the women first so that they could then love their child. And it was just like that moved my heart. It's just like, that's where you start. You know, it's just like loving the person in front of you, knowing their own goodness. So just many of those things of the charism, like you spoke, that, the, that gift of the Holy Spirit resonated within my own heart. Um, and just drew me ever more towards it. I had been involved in college, but it, there was a particular moment where it all clicked, where it's just like prayer is the first and foremost key to this. And that was, that was what stuck with my heart. What a beautiful testimony to that deep relationship with God in prayer and how that bear fruit in your vocation. We want to thank all our listeners. You're listening to Real Presence Live, and my name is Father Tim Smith, and our guest this morning is Sister Mary Pieta of the Sisters of Life. You know, Sister, we're so grateful that your testimony in living as a, a sign of religious life in the world. Thomas, have you been, you've mentioned how you've been affected by just encountering religious sisters in your own life. Yeah, I, I would say that the the witness of so many um, of women doing incredible work is, like you said, a sign of the way that we're meant to live, live for other people, to encounter other people, to lead them in love uh, towards our Lord, right? So, Sister, I'm, I'm interested, what is your specific role with the Sisters of Life? So, this last year, just to give you a sense of what our mission is, uh, we, as all, as all the sisters in our community, our first and foremost role is to live a life of prayer, Prayer, we're, at, we're an active contemplative community, which means that prayer and the apostolate, the, the work that we do, kind of go hand in hand. So prayer is our first work. So praying for those that we encounter, praying for those who entrust their prayers to us um, is the first and foremost. Our founder was Cardinal O'Connor, and he really emphasized a need for that. Um, uh, with our daily lives, I, like I said, I live in a convent where we have women that... Um, who are pregnant that come and live with us there. So in in these in these years that I've been there, have just walked alongside them, love them. I've been in the kitchen for the last three years, so I get to do a lot of cooking right next to them, and and that's actually where some of our best conversations come from. Um, but just really accompanying them. Sometimes we've had twins in our house lately, so sometimes you're up late at night putting the babies to bed or getting up in the morning and helping mom feed them in the morning. So mm. all different sorts of things. So. 
You know, we have a lot of, I work with a lot of high schoolers and middle schoolers here at Sacred Heart in, in Aberdeen, and I'm sure Father Tim does in his priestly ministry as well. What would you say to a young woman who is, who is maybe considering religious life and, uh, but just doesn't know where to start or, or needs some words of encouragement? What would you say to someone in their teenage years who's possibly thinking, maybe, kind of, sort of, maybe God is calling me to the, live this? Mm, this is a beautiful question. Um, the first thing I would say is get to know Jesus, the person of Jesus, through the sacraments, through prayer, through, you know, sitting in the chapel with him and um, just looking for him even in the daily, in the daily movements of life. Um, how does he, how does he delight you? How does he make your heart sing? You know, what is it, what is it in, that he does in your life? And just how does he want to delight in you? You know, um, and he has a beautiful plan for each one of our lives. That was one of the consoling things of my own heart was there the, the quote from Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, you know, for I know well the plans I have in mind for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for woe, plans to give you a future full of hope that the Lord, anything the Lord desires of you, he desires for your good. So grow first and foremost in a relationship with Jesus and see how he desires to take you on the adventure of your life. That is great, sister. And it's so challenge not challenging, but it calls me on to like, I don't know, as someone that works for the parish, I just want to know, is there like a, a book that will change people? You know, <laughs> what's the one book I can give to all these women that will make them go to the, you know, but it's not about a book. It's not about a text, even though these things play roles in helping to form people's lives and, and add intellectual information. Um, but it's about relationship and Absolutely. it's about falling in love with Jesus. And mm -hmm. I think that's the thing we got to keep emphasizing with our young people is it's about knowing not just historical Jesus, but who is Jesus and how is he working today in my life? Mm -hmm. And those fruits of the spirit. Those fruits of the Spirit, sister, which are evident in your vocation, most especially the gift of joy that the sister's life uh, bring to the world. And, and thank you, sister, for your vocation. And we're grateful that you were on air with us this morning. Uh, thank you for your time. And we're praying for you and your apostolate in New York. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful. And my prayers are with you all as well. Well, sister, God bless you. We pray for you, for the ministry, for the women and the children that you care for in New York. We thank you for your witness and your vocation. Again, coming up next, we have here our segment that we have every week on Real Presence Live, which is Prayerfully Yours. If you have a question about the Catholic faith, or if you have something that you want to ask me or Thomas, Thomas is a catechist in the parish, I'm Father Tim Smith, get those questions ready for our Straight Talk segment. And later on in our show, we're going to have Jan Federal. She's going to share about the taste of goodness of God's bounty, an event that's taking place in the Diocese of Sioux Falls. We're grateful for all the wonderful things that God is doing. My name is Father Tim Smith. And I'm Thomas Escrow. All this and more right here on Real Presence Live from Sacred Heart in Aberdeen when we return. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.
Built Upon a Rock Fest has partnered with Rugged Rosaries for another giveaway. Nine rosaries will be given away, one each week, leading up to the concert on September 14th. These rosaries are beautiful and extremely rugged. The quality is unmatched. For a chance to win, simply like Built Upon a Rock Fest posts on Facebook and Instagram. Each like gets you a chance to win. Full giveaway details can be found at builtuponarockfest.com. Good luck, and don't forget to mark your calendars for Built Upon a Rock Fest on September 14th. Attend a Catholic Unite Financial Workshop with Brian Zitzman, your local Catholic Unite rep on end-of-life issues from a Catholic perspective. Our speakers will discuss Catholic Church teachings on health care directives, protecting human dignity, and end-of-life financial issues. The free workshops will be at 7 p.m. on August 20th at St. Clara Parish in Clara City, August 28th at St. Joseph Parish in Montevideo, and September 4th at St. Andrew Parish in Granite Falls. Text WORKSHOP to 1-800-568-6670 to save your seat. Are you thirsting for God's love, His mercy, His forgiveness? You'll find that and so much more at the Thirst 2019 Eucharistic Conference at the Bismarck Event Center, Friday, October 25th through Sunday the 27th. Guest speakers include Dr. Edward Sree, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, Curtis Martin, and Kendra Tierney. Daily Mass, Adoration, and Confessions are available during the conference. Register now online at bismarckdiocese.com slash thirst2019 and download the Thirst app. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Hey, thanks for joining us here on Real Presence Live. My name is Thomas Escrow. I'm here with Father Tim Smith at Sacred Heart Parish in Aberdeen. And now it's time for our Prayerfully Yours segment. Almost every day we receive prayer requests asking for prayers for many different intentions across the whole listening area. Uh, we hold these needs close in prayer here at Real Presence Radio. And so we like to take a segment uh, to offer some of these prayer intentions that we've received and have Father um, say a prayer over each of the intentions. So we'd like to invite each of you, uh, wherever you are this morning, as we go through this segment, to just pause from what you're doing. Maybe you're sitting in the car, maybe you're at work. Uh, maybe you're in your house taking care of all your kids or, or whatever, but just pause with us and offer um, these prayers together. Together we make up the body of Christ and together we can hold up one another in prayer. So here are our intentions for today. Our first intention is for Patrick's stepdaughter. May God grant her clarity in her life. Father in heaven, we give you thanks for all the gifts of your life that you bestow upon us, your children. Most especially, we pray for Patrick's stepdaughter, that God may continue to guide and strengthen her, that she was formed and created in your image, that just as you form man and breathe life into him at the beginning of creation, you formed her as a particular daughter, and you want to strengthen her throughout her life. Give her strength and clarity in her thought, and help her each and every day. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Our second intention is for the repose of the soul of Father Don Brockman. Father in heaven, we know that you have given us the priesthood to lead and guide your people. That priests who perform ministry in the person of Jesus Christ are those who are servants who have worked in your vineyard for Jesus, the master of the harvest. We pray at this time for the soul of Father Don, that he would be strengthened and he would be guided and protected at this time. We pray for him that he would be purified to enter the glory of eternal life with your Son in heaven. 
Just as we pray for the souls of all the faithful departed, we pray especially for him, that in his priestly ministry, he served you with a faithful heart, and that you would look mercifully upon him and restore him and allow him to enter the glory of eternal life. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our third intention is for the miraculous healing of a young mother with four children who is battling cancer. Lord Jesus, we ask that you would continue to watch over all those who are struggling with cancer, most especially for mothers and those who are, have families with children. We pray for this particular intention of a mother with four children. We ask that you would give her strength and perseverance, that the doctors and nurses who administer treatments to her would be guided, that her children would be comforted and be free from fear, and that the advancements made in good, good conscience to help those with cancer would strengthen this mother. We ask for the protection and the intercession of St. Gianna Mola, who is also a mother. We pray for all those who are watching over those who are struggling with cancer, that they would be given compassionate care and strength with the power of Jesus and the work of the Holy Spirit. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. And our last intention for today is for priests, especially those in formation or seminarians and their families. Lord Jesus, thank you for the gift of the holy priesthood. And most especially, we pray that you would continue to strengthen those in formation, in seminary, those who are discerning the call to follow Jesus, to work in the vineyard, those who are going to work for the harvest that is to come and the glory of eternal life. We pray for families that they would be receptive and open to the call of their sons to the priesthood. We pray for all those who have calls to the vocations of religious life, living their priesthood in a deeper relationship with Christ in monastic life. And most especially, Lord, we pray for mothers and fathers, that they would say yes and encourage their children throughout their lives. They would be comforted when their children receive the call from Jesus to follow him to the priesthood. We ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks for taking the time to pray with us for these RPR family members and their needs. And it really is a family, Real Presence Radio family. And so no matter where you're listening from, across the listening area, North and South Dakota, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Wyoming, Montana, know that you're not alone, that we're all in this together, that we're all family. And so if you have a specific intention that you would like us to pray for, please visit the website, uh, yourcatholicradiostation.com, and submit your prayer request under the prayer request button at the top of the page. You can also submit an intention on um, the app, Real app. simply click on the prayer requests uh, button on the main screen. So thank you, Father, for offering all those intentions for, for the people out there. It's a beautiful opportunity. It's a witness and really a testimony uh, to just pray and be strengthened by the power of God's grace. Um, most especially as we prepare, there's a holy day coming up here. I know we're going to talk about that more throughout the week on Real Presence Live, uh, the great solemnity of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary into heaven. And this is always a solemnity that has particular importance for those who work in agriculture, those who are farmers. Uh, oftentimes throughout history, it's been considered the mass of the harvest because Mary 
is the first fruits of the harvest of souls to enter into the glory of eternal life. Mary was the first one who was assumed into heaven, body, and soul. And so oftentimes, not only does it coincide with this beginning of the wheat harvest for some of our farmers in this part of the, the our listening area, but also that the Lord is blessing us. So we pray most especially for all those who farm and work the land and that they would give us strength. Uh, and most especially to, to keep us safe, we ask Mary to watch over us as well. Yeah, what a beautiful feast it is, the Feast of uh, the Assumption. We have several Marian feast days throughout the year, as, as most people know. But um, what always strikes me is that it's just um, as important to celebrate. You know, we call it a holy day of obligation, but it's really a holy day of opportunity to gather within your parish to offer our thanks and praise to God for the gift of his mother, um, who he gave to us as our mother. So we're going to go to a quick break, and uh, when we return... Uh, Get your phone out and call in for the Straight Talk segment with Father Tim Smith. The only things hotter than the summer heat are the rates to run radio spots on the RPR network. That's not all. The signal of Real Presence Radio reaches an audience of over 2.1 million people across North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. Hi, this is Brett Byler, Area Account Executive with Real Presence Radio, and I want to help you grow your business in front of a very faithful customer base. Don't wait. Call me, Brett Byler, at 605-670-8333. Are you thirsting for God's love, His mercy, His forgiveness? You'll find that and so much more at the Thirst 2019 Eucharistic Conference at the Bismarck Events Center, Friday, October 25th through Sunday the 27th. Guest speakers include Dr. Edward Sree, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, Curtis Martin, and Kendra Tierney. Daily Mass, Adoration, and Confessions are available during the conference. Register now online at bismarckdiocese.com slash thirst2019 and download the Thirst app. This is Real Presence Live, where the devil is dumb, Christ is king, and the Catholic faith is taking the place of secular living as the lifestyle of choice. And we're back on Real Presence Live. My name is Father Tim Smith. And I'm Thomas Escrow. And we are glad to be living the life of Christ here in his holy church. Thomas is a faith formation director here at St. Sacred Heart Parish in Aberdeen. Do you go by faith formation director, religious education director? I'm the director of evangelization and discipleship is my is my role. And I'm kind of proud of that role because it's very uncommon, right? For um, You don't hear that title a lot in the parish. And it actually is what drew me to the position in the first place. That's kind of a long story maybe for another time. But the... You know, a formation falls under my role, a catechesis falls under my role, and evangelization falls under my role in the parish here at Sacred Heart. So I've been at it for about a year. I'm excited to get going on year two. Um, learned a lot. I uh, don't have very much um, parish ministry background in my background, but I've been here at Sacred Heart for a year, new to Aberdeen for about a year so. Well, praise the Lord for that, and most especially that you want to share the good news and, and, and impart that upon the members of the parish here at Sacred Heart, and, and how that is a witness to all of us just to tell other people about Jesus. Just as Sister um, Mary said to us this morning, that we share the gospel with joy and responding to that deep relationship with Jesus in prayer each and every day. So up, up next... We are doing our Straight Talk segment. This is your opportunity to call in and, uh, and have a question for T- Father Tim Smith or a comment. You can call in at 877-795-0122. 
and send your questions or comments to us either by phone or you can submit them on Facebook and we'd love to hear from you. So again, that number is 877-795-0122. You know, uh, we just were speaking on vocations with Sister who was uh, sharing with us her vocation as a member of the the Sisters of Life, and a beautiful witness it is to consecrated life. Thomas, in your work in evangelization, have you had any friends that have joined consecrated life? Uh, people in your life, this is one of our members of the Real Presence Radio's family members. Do you have any family members or friends that have entered religious life? Um, I don't know about religious life, but I have several friends that now, have now been ordained to, uh, to the priesthood. And just this last um, month... One of my good friends that I roomed with for a year in college, Father, now Father Rick Abel, um, was ordained to the priesthood in the Diocese of St. Cloud. He's serving as the parochial vicar of, um, oh, let's see, in Elk River, Minnesota. I forget what the name of the church is. but That's I'm, right. I'm very uh, blessed to know several men that have given their lives to Christ in such a, a servant's way, have been called to the priesthood of Jesus Christ to serve his people and to lead them um, lead them on. So what a witness. And, and if any of our listeners have questions about vocations, how do I know if God is calling me or, or how can I make my home? Maybe you're a parent who's listening and you say, I'd like one of my children or my grandchildren uh, to be open and receptive to the call to Jesus to their vocation, whether that's priesthood, consecrated life, religious life, or perhaps even the greatest vocation is marriage without this beautiful sacrament of holy matrimony, Thomas, and, and you can even speak to that as a husband and a father, that how you live out your vocation, and also not only as a husband and father, but also as an evangelist mm. in the life of the church today. So if you have questions about vocations, about listening to the Lord in prayer, uh, questions about perhaps some of the Sunday readings, we had this last week, give us a call. The number is 877-795-0122. That's 877-795-0122. You can also send us a message via Facebook through the Real Presence Radio page, through uh, messages on there, through the comment box. You can also always listen to Real Presence Radio on the Real Presence Radio listening app, and that's where we always archive all our shows. So your your roommate uh, at one time is now a priest. Yep. What was that experience like, Thomas? Did you see something change in your friend, Father Rick? You guys were living together. Were you in college at the time? Yeah, we were in a formation house next to the Newman Center at North Dakota State. We called it the Bosco House. It's where you know six men would live together um, in community. We'd pray together. We'd have our meals together. We were all Five of us were college students. One of us um, was a focused missionary on the campus. And um, I just remember uh, Rick being, you know, um, constantly discerning, constantly thinking about his vocation, but mm. it seemed like he was very focused on his studies. He was a landscape architect major, so he put in a lot of time on the drafting board and, and in his studies, very studious man, but also very prayerful. And I remember a lot of the different, he gave a talk one time on humility. He talked about how if virtue is the rose, Humility is always the stem. It's the thing that holds up virtue in our lives. And that, gosh, that talk, he must have gave him that 10 years ago now. And it's still, I still remember it. And then the other thing is um, we, we had bunk beds, right? We were roommates. And I slept on the bottom bunk and Rick was on the top. And every morning he would like 
jump from the top bed down onto the floor <laughs> like a cat pouncing on the day, right? And yeah. it just freaked me out the first couple times he did it, and then I got used to it because I was laying there kind of like waking up to my snooze button, and all of a sudden, bam, Rick's ready to go for the day. So those are two of the uh, memories I have of Father Rick. You it's, know what? I started thinking about it. Yeah. I do have a friend that's in religious life, Brother um, Joseph Mary, I believe is his name now. Is Lee Fortin was a seminarian here in uh, the Diocese of Sioux Falls back back when I was in college. He was up in seminary, and now he's joined um, a Franciscan order in Indianapolis. So I saw him. He showed up with five of his Franciscan buddies barefoot at daily mass one day you know you walk into daily mass you're like what's going on yeah who are those scruffy franciscans yeah, over there exactly their, their helmets are all patched and they don't have shoes on and it was march so it's pretty cold out and with unkempt beards and the whole nine yards that's right well we have a listener that's uh, going to send in a question to us and they their question is you know they really want to kind of keep an idea on on you know, if you have questions, give us a call, 877-795-0122. And one of our questions that's coming to us from an anonymous lister is, how do you keep good focus when your job is to help a non-church or a non-charitable organization make money? Hmm. And so part of us recognize that we all work for other entities. Many of our listeners are at work right now. They might be tuning in. Uh, we don't all get to work at the church, mm. so how do we exercise to live a life of holiness when we know that uh, we have to make good, prudent decisions with our time? Well, I can speak to this, that I wasn't always a priest, and I didn't always work directly for the Church of God. I one time was a corporate businessman, and I worked for one of the largest national, multinational corporations uh, around the world. And... Uh, I really, at that time, I had a deep conversion experience in a relationship with Christ through a prayer group. Uh, I had be become attending daily mass. I was going to adoration. And for myself, I answered this question on how do I, you know, stay focused on living a life of holiness while at the same time fulfilling my responsibility to my employer, which was a large multinational corporation, and our job was to make money. And that meant I dealt with clients on a regular basis. Sometimes they owed us money, and I had to use the appropriate means to get them to pay the business money. Well, was there anything sinful about that? Was that, and not so long as that we live in accordance with truth. So I want to make sure that the end of whatever operation or whatever non-church business that I'm involved with is a good end. It's, it's a part of society, whether you're working at a restaurant, whether you're working at a bank, whether you're working uh, for a business or an egg business, whether you're a farmer. But the other thing is to live a life of virtue. And so just a few minutes, Thomas, you were talking about living the virtuous life. And so I think one of the great guides for us in living our vocation and living out our responsibilities are the four cardinal virtues, which is prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance. And so if you want to learn more about those, open up the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Google the four, four Cardinal Virtues Catechism. It's going to come right up on your computer screen mm -hmm. and learn how, how am I living those virtues in my daily life, in my work life. You know, Thomas, as one who's involved in discipleship, what would you say to someone who wants to know, how do I live my ordinary job yeah. with a call to holiness? Yeah, I would say definitely that um, it's great to see that your religious life, you know, your relationship with Christ is not 
like one box of your life and my work life is a separate thing, right? That Christ has to do with the whole of my life. And so Christ is present with you in your, in your work, right? And I think, you know, I came to this job from a consulting engineering firm in Fargo where I was a consultant engineer. And one of the challenges I always faced, like you said, in, in the world or what this person's question is pointing to is how do I keep a Christian mindset in a world that's all about money? Hmm. And money really does, you know, especially in the consulting world, it's the ticker. This is what everyone's about. They, we would often talk about building relationships with clients with the end game of making money. Mm-hmm. But really, I think the call of the Christian is to accompany and to walk and to see and to interact and love people because they're people, because they're made in the image and likeness of God. And this is what we're called to do. And like, like you said, is it bad to do things to make money? No, no, not at all. Um, but that can't be the the end goal in a, in a certain sense. I think that um, we have to be conscious of are we really, in a sense, using people to get at money or are we treating people with the dignity um, that they deserve as a son or a daughter of God? And the, the great example of this is we if we look in even the New Testament, we can see that even St. Paul, when he was evangelizing, when he was sharing the faith with the church community, that he worked as a tent maker for a period of time. Like he was a testimony. He said, I'm, I'm in there working with the people. I'm sharing the gospel. And a lot of that is through your actions and through living gospel values and following Jesus's teaching, not bearing grudges in the workplace. I mean, that's going to be hard to do. So the Lord will give you opportunities to grow in holiness just by living your your daily life and and responding to the call of holiness and of course uh, a great saint in the, in the recent years that can give a testimony to that is saint jose maria escriva uh, founder of the uh, the opus day movement in the life of the church and a uh, great teachings on living your life of faith and of course this last week here on real presence live we were uh, from the Catholic Men's Business Fraternity, the, the Faith and Business Conference. We have the Catholic Women's Business uh, Fraternity as well, where they're gathered together. And so these are great examples of how people are bringing their faith life and their work life together each and every day. Yeah, and work is a real dignifying aspect to it, too. You know, in one aspect, uh, we work, right, to bring home a paycheck because we love the people that God has placed in our family life, and we want to care for them and protect them. But going to work itself is very, I think, dignifying and, and speaks to something of what we're made to do. You know, and St. John Paul II writes a little bit about this when he was um, working in a plant really during World War II or prior to World War II, I think. And he was made to work in this chemical plant and, um, and just talked about how, um, you know, dignifying this was that it gave purpose to, to the workers' lives that he observed his coworkers around him. And so to see your work as um, something that God is, is calling you to, uh, is present to you in, and an opportunity to encounter other people, I think are great footnotes. And to keep learning, you know, uh, we don't have all the answers of what, this is a great question. And mm-hmm. uh, to continue to ask the question and continue to seek, uh, bring it up in prayer, to seek answers through other, other resources that we have, um, all those would be good steps forward, I think. You're listening to Real Presence Live. My name is Father Tim Smith. I'm joined by Thomas Escrow. And this this is our call-in segment. You can give us a call, 877-795-0122, with questions you might have about the Catholic faith, about vocations, about prayer, 
about the scriptures, about the Bible. Um, why be Catholic? Um, here on Catholic Radio, we have lots of opportunities to learn about the Catholic faith in the afternoons, called to communion, Catholic Answers Live, always opportunity uh, to give a call. But if you have a question about the faith, give us a call this morning, 877-795-0122. We have another listener question that came to us via online. He mentioned a deeper conversion through a prayer group. And so a few moments ago, I mentioned about how through gathering together with other members of the church, Jesus Christ changed my life. Uh, Priests don't just fall from the sky. They come because Jesus himself invites them to become a priest. And that's what he did in my life. Uh, This person says, there's a group of young adults in this listening area who has been in a prayer group for the last year, and they want to learn how to have prayer meetings together. How can they spend time listening to the Lord and to the Holy Spirit working in their life? They wanted to know what did the prayer group that I was involved uh, do together? How, How did that look? And if they have any suggestions or for what a prayer group or how to spend time together in prayer. And so, uh, Thomas, this is something we both can share because you mentioned just a few moments ago about being in that discernment house when you were a college student and how some of your friends through that deeper community time and mm-hmm. life of prayer, they they heard their call to their vocations. You heard your vocation call because you're a husband and a father now. That's right. And that being said, in my own experience, all those people that I was in a prayer group with, Years ago, those are men who are uh, husbands and father. One of the other men is another priest. You know, everybody has awesome vocations, and now they're going about their respective works, whether it's in business, whether they're practicing law, whether they're, uh, you know, working in their in their family lives for the for the life of the church. It's a beautiful example of, of just living out of that, and all that is the fruit of a time we spent together as young men in our mid twenties. And so, what did we? It was simple. Our time gathered around Jesus. There wasn't a, a particular like magic recipe for how the Lord worked this fruit into our lives, but it was really that the center of our life was that relationship with God in prayer. Mm-hmm. And so this group of friends of mine, which I just shared with you where we're at in our vocations today, the, the activities we were involved in, sometimes we would go on an annual retreat together. And so we would go to Abbey of the Hills or Broomtree Retreat Center, and we would just take the time as a weekend with a group of friends. And living that deep relationship with the Lord and friendship, uh, we shared with one another what God was doing in our life. We also kept each other accountable through our fraternity and really sharing with one another, you know, what God is doing and maybe perhaps some struggles or challenges we're going through. And then in that mutual sharing, that mutual friendship, gathering around the Lord for mass or going to adoration together, spending, carving out some time in our year to spend time together for an annual retreat. That's all it was. And within that, God did amazing things and he's using us still together today. It's amazing how we're supporting one another in our vocations, even 15 years later after we first became friends and started that journey together. Uh, We've all entered into our vocations. Those same friends came to my ordination. I've gone to their weddings. It's a beautiful gift. Thomas, how has that looked for you in your relationship with the prayer group and how that's brought to you in your vocation today? Yeah, it sounds a lot similar to your experience, Father, that it's really not all that complicated. I guess the only thing I would add from my experience, um, one of the the beautiful fruits of being involved in Bible studies or prayer groups is there are so many different ways to pray um, that the church 
in her wisdom gives us. Sometimes I think we can think of prayer as this kind of black box. Oh, I gotta, or maybe I gotta go and gut my way through this rosary, which is this beautiful prayer. Um, and to really learn about like the mysteries of the rosary and how to contemplate them. But I would also say, if you're not familiar with um, a certain type of prayer called Lexio Divina of reading with the scriptures, lots of fruitful discussion um, and, and fruit from a prayer group where all we did was sit down and read through, uh, take silence to read through a scripture passage and in a very methodical way um, that the church gives us to pray with these scriptures, to offer them to the Father, to think about um, and be attentive to the thoughts, feelings, and desires that are arising out of my heart. And then at the end of that time of silence, um, to be able to go back to a, a group of guys and say, hey, this struck me. And then it, the guy next to me says, oh, well, this struck me. And it's two completely different thoughts and two completely different things based on the same scripture passage. And so it's just evident that the Holy Spirit is working and moving in both of our lives in a certain way. And I love how you're doing it within the context of community. Mm. You know, we're never meant to live the Christian life alone um, in isolation. Yeah. You know, sometimes solitude yep. is, is a godly thing, but isolation is not, right? And that uh, you talked about holding each other accountable. Even if it's just holding each other accountable to instilling a personal prayer life um, in, my, in my daily life, to take at least 10 minutes to turn off the radio, get away from the phone, get away from the TV, get away from everything, and try to be in silence with God because it's in the silence that God speaks, right? And so it's entering into the silence, at least for me, that uh, was a real game changer in my life in discovering the value of sitting. Um, in college, I would go and sit in uh, an empty chapel in front of the in front of the tabernacle, or um, trying to instill this daily prayer life reading the scriptures, even just this morning, you know, I have my habit of getting up, I make coffee. I'm the first one up in my house. I go and I sit on the couch, um, with coffee because I need to be awake and the coffee does that for me. <laughs> and I, I try to enter into silence and it's a challenge, right? It's hard to get into the silence. And, um, and so today's, uh, daily gospel was all about, uh, Peter and, and Jesus, Jesus telling Peter to go to the sea and drop a hook in and you'll find the money in the fish's mouth for the temple tax. And what I got out of it was sometimes Jesus tells us to go fishing, you know, mm. so maybe that's a good thing you can do with your friends. Thomas, we're talking here on our Real Presence Live call-in segment. Uh, the number to call is 877-795-0122. This is Straight Talk on Real Presence Live. My name's Father Tim Smith. I'm speaking with Thomas Escrow. We're taking listener questions. You can also submit questions online at Real Presence Radio through our Facebook page, and you can just type in Real Presence Radio in your search bar. You can submit questions online. You can also go ahead and call us at 877 Seven nine five zero one two two, and we've been talking about how community or a, a prayer group. Um, perhaps you've had an experience with a prayer group in your life, and it's really transformed your relationship with the Lord. But something changed. Things change. Time goes on, and sometimes, Thomas, I've had this experience. I've met people who can say, "Father, back in 1995, we had an amazing prayer group in our parish." And the Lord's love became so tangible for me, and I experienced the power of the Holy Spirit. But things have happened, some people moved away, and now I find myself just kind of looking back at that time, and perhaps even a little sad, they miss that prayer group. What would you say as someone involved in discipleship to someone 
who's having that experience yeah. because that is a real experience for many of our listeners yeah. uh, that they've had this. They're listening because they love Jesus, but they miss something that was happened in their life years ago. How can that be awakened for them again? Yeah, this is a great question. And I, one of the groups that I'm involved in, it's not necessarily a prayer group, but it's a movement in the church called communion and liberation. And um, the question that the group is tackling this moment is, um, is what is this thing that lasts? What is it that lasts? You know, and the memory of something, the memory of a grace mm. of something that changed me maybe 10 years ago or 15 years ago through God works through that memory to make it present once again in my life. And so, you know, sometimes it's challenging to look back and, and to think that God has taken something away from me, but really, um, I think God is always present and um, he's trying to draw you deeper, deeper into love with him, deeper into communion with him. And um, so I guess that's what I would say uh, to a question like that. Praise God. Well, we have on the radio with us Mark from Kansas. Mark, uh, what's your question for us this morning on Real Presence Live? Well, I'm a new convert to Catholicism, and uh, periodically I feel led to go to adoration. And um I'm not real sure what I do in there. I say the rosary, mostly that's what I do, and I pray. But is there anything that I could be doing to get more out of it? Beautiful question, Mark, and I'm glad to welcome, you know, welcome to the Holy Mother Church. I myself am a convert to the Catholic faith, and now I'm a priest, so God will do all things, uh, and it's a, a beautiful grace. And so thanks for your question. You know, my experience in adoration, Mark, I can really identify with you. I used to just go to the adoration chapel and just kind of, look around. I try to pray the rosary. I used to fall asleep. I wouldn't even make it through a whole rosary. I would usually go at the end of, at the end of a, a week day's work and I would be tired out. But Thomas recommended just a few moments ago, this practice of prayerfully reading the scriptures. And so, uh, in a, in a, my Protestant upbringing, I had the Bible given to me as a, as a young child. I'm grateful for my family and the, the ecclesial group that helped raise me in that, that familiarized me with the gospel and the old Testament. But now in the presence, the sacramental presence of Jesus in the Eucharist, I began to really make that connection with the words of the scriptures and how the word of God is living and alive. It's a two-edged sword. And that prayerfully reading the scriptures through this practice of divine reading or, or Lexio Divina. Um, and there's some great simple helps, even if you were to just look up on your phone or uh, Google uh, just something Lexio Divina, maybe it's like a six or seven step, depending on the teacher or who's disseminated it. There's a great little guide to reading on the scriptures, meditating upon them, contemplating, and then letting the Holy Spirit in the presence of Jesus in adoration guide you to a new experience of what the Lord will do and reveal to you about his word, maybe to a particular area in your life, Mark, or maybe to uh, another area where you need some, some direction. And so my uh, encouragement to you, Mark, is to take up the scriptures with you when you go into the chapel. Um, you know, and I encourage people, read First Samuel, read First or Second Kings. The Lord is working all in, in the word of God, not just in the, in the uh, New Testament. Maybe this prayerfully ask the Lord, or maybe you want to keep it simple. If you don't know where to start, just use the Sunday gospel that was from mass and the Sunday. And that's going to be a great help for you. We got another caller, Mark. Thank you for calling in with your question this morning. We have Sally from Box Elder, South Dakota. 
And Sally, uh, what can we answer for you this morning on Real Presence Live? Well, the other day I was visiting with a um, non-Catholic friend, and he pointed out that there's two different versions of John 14.3. One is, I, I, I don't have it in front of me, but um, I go to prepare mansions for you, and the other one, the newer version, says I go to prepare a room for you. And he wants to know what the Catholic version is. Is, is Jesus preparing mansions for us? or rooms? Great question, Sally, particularly around the area of uh, translation of the scriptures. And so uh, even within the last century, Thomas, Mm -hmm. uh, there have been so many more English translations of the scriptures that are available. The Revised Standard Version in the Catholic faith, what you hear in your Sunday Mass, Sally, is going to be from the New American Bible. There's the New American Bible Revised Edition. There's the Dewey Rames Edition. There's the Vulgate, which is the Latin Vulgate, which is the translation that comes to us from St. Jerome many centuries ago. And then in the last, and we're thinking about a Bible that's like a from that late, right around the turn of the 20th century, the 1890s or the year 1900, and one of those old scriptures, there was different translations in English at that time as well. Keep in mind, the, the scriptures have been tr- really, we think about the Gutenberg Press and the Bible being reproduced and, and translated. Really, that's kind of something new in the life of the church in the last 500 years. That's only in the quarter section of the church's history. A question and and a good response to that is there are several different English translations of those terms. Sally, one thing, and I don't have uh, the uh, Septuagint or one of those translations right here, which would be the Greek translation of the scriptures. Ultimately, uh, what is the intention of of the sacred author of the scriptures and in inspired word of God is that it is talking about the Lord has prepared a dwelling place for us. And I believe perhaps in the New American Bible, if I'm thinking back to how I celebrate uh, funeral rituals, I know this is one of the scriptures we use in funeral rites, um, that the Lord has prepared a place for us. And so don't get too distracted about whether it's a room or a mansion in this, that translation of a mansion, we could easily think, oh, the Lord is making some luxurious place for us. Um, But we do want to recognize that uh, really the answer is that the Lord has prepared a place for us in eternal life in heaven. And we know the glory of heaven is is a uh, unestimable good. It's something that's so great. Um, so we can be assured that it's not just some dingy room. It's a glory of God for all time. And so uh, that's my encouragement to you, Sally. Just recognize there's many different translations. But for us, for Catholics, I would go ahead and take a look at your New American Bible. And if you're an online internet person, you could just even type in that mm-hmm. scripture passage, and you can type in USCCB at the end. It's going to bring right up in there from the bishop's website in the United States the translation that you would hear at Mass on Sundays. And that's a great help to say, well, that's what we use. And there's sometimes little asterisks you can clip on, and that's where they'll even have some notes that are on the bottom there and that might give you some direction as well but it's a matter of english translation there are probably a hundred or plus so different english translations that use different words uh, but it doesn't change the inherent meaning of the text and you can just let your friend know that's just one of those many english translations but this is the one we use in the catholic church right 
people are always shocked. I, I appreciate think, that. And my my family Bible that I inherited from my aunt is late eighteen hundreds, and it does say mansions. Yeah. And that, and then and I have a newer Bible, and I did look in there, and it said I prepared a room or rooms for you. So I, you know, and I, he had a valid question, but his his take on it was that Jesus is not going to put us in a super six motel when we go to heaven. He's going to put us in the in the city of gold and love and peace, and we will have no no pain or anything, and he said, I don't think you would be comfortable in a super six motel room in heaven. Well, that's one way of of imaginatively praying with it. Sally, thank you for your question. Uh, We're thankful that we had all our listeners that called in this morning on Real Presence Live for our Straight Talk segment. Up next, uh, we want to look to what the Lord is giving us in all the good things, not only in the Word of God, but also in great food and drink. You can savor the beautiful taste, and we'll hear from Jan Federal right here on Real Presence Live when we return. (laughs) 